Should I call you? Should I call you late or should I call you Cog still? Do you have like a show name? Nah, this is still late. This is Mega Late Show. This is just okay. Uh, cool, cool. Not a main episode. I'm calling these uh, temperature checks. Temperature checks, man. Good name, dude. That's nah, an old name that yeah. we reappropriated, but uh, it's appropriate. Mm. Cause um, I think it is appropriate. That is cool. Yeah, like I told you, just with this whole fucking weird-ass situation that we're all in right now, just uh, yep. hitting some folks up, seeing how they're doing, and also uh, getting some perspective on, you know, changes or opinions on the future of, you know, our lives. Opinions in the future. I don't even know what's going to happen tomorrow. <laughs> Well, I mean, uh, I guess uh, um, since you and I used to run into each other pretty often just being out in the streets. Yep. Oh, know. dude, I'd run into you at like four o'clock in the morning and I'm, I'm like leaving a club. I just finished painting. I'm completely drunk. And also, I bump into you. You just finished DJing. You're completely drunk. I'm like, what's up, man? Holy <laughs> shit. What time is it? <laughs> Time to get a burrito somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. So, yeah, it's basically uh, talking true. about that and how that is right now and how you think it's going to be. Oh, okay. That's cool. All right. Um, when you start, do you do like an intro or something like that? Honestly, man, I'll probably uh, start like a couple minutes ago and just keep it going. Oh, for real? <laughs> oh, oh, shit. Now I gotta, I'm trying to backpedal that. What? Oh, shit. Here, hold on a second. Let me get a sweatshirt, man. My car is getting a little cold. <clears throat> yeah, man. It's fucking, um, it's crazy. It's October. That shit is wild. It's actually, it's almost November. Oh, Jesus. This whole thing started, what? Uh, for March. Pretty much. March, the shit hit the yeah. fan. In Japan, pretty much March, yeah. When did you go back to the States? Did you go back in March or April? Like, I was talking to Mega, and I was like, so what's going on with your guys' podcast and stuff? Because, um, I don't know, we had a couple of friends that were going to do an interview with other podcast people or something, something weird like that. And he's like, dude, fucking, yeah, um, yeah, late just left. I'm like, what? <laughs> I didn't know that. And he's like, yeah, dude. When did you leave? Did you leave before or after the Rona? Um, yeah, I was already in the midst of the rona times uh like june late may sometime around there i can't even really remember oh shit yeah it doesn't seem that long ago until you actually think of the number you're like june yeah june was like yesterday wait june july august september october fuck dude that was like five months ago dude oh my god <laughs> yeah basically it'll be a year before you know it Oh my God, dude, this is the fastest running year ever. And I would say most of it, I've been inside, dude. Most of it, I've been inside. And dude, I've gained so much weight, dude. This is crazy, dude. <laughs> this is crazy. I've got a dad bod. I'm, I'm the only non-dad with a dad, dad bod, dude. This is insane, dude. Like, oh, uh, do I even need a belt anymore? Do I, actually, I, I'm inside all the time. Do I even need to wear pants? <laughs> well, that's, you're definitely not the only man with a dad bod that's not a dad. That's a... Uh... That's also a pandemic going on right now. Oh, my God. Yeah, um, pandemic or the end of the body world. 
Oh, man, I used to be so much thinner. Oh, it sucks. But anyway, you know, I don't really give a shit. I'm married. Why should I care? <laughs> oh, man. That's the beauty of it. Once you get married, you're like, you know what? I think I'm just going to let myself go a little bit. <laughs> Why not? I mean, what's the worst that can happen? Diabetes? Ah, that's already in the cards. <laughs> hey man, as long as she's into it. Oh, oh yeah. Well, yeah, I got to keep an eye on that. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, you know what? I don't think uh, things are working out anymore. I'm like, why not? She's like, you got a dad bod and you're not a dad. <laughs> oh, no. Well, we can change that. Here, yeah, give me five minutes. That's where the kids come from. <laughs> mm-hmm. Which comes first, the dad or the dad bod? <laughs> you know, that's a riddle. It's like the chicken and the egg, right? <laughs> yeah, I heard Confucius has some writings about that, but uh, I haven't studied yet, so I'm not quite sure. Oh, man. Ah, oh, dude, that's insane. So you're back in the States. How is it there, man? Is everything cool? You're with the family, hanging out with friends, or are you kind of like locked inside like everybody else? Every time I turn on the news, it's like a different story about the States. So I don't know what's actually going on. Yeah, speaking of putting weight on, uh, that shit is uh, dangerous these days. You don't want to be caught out there with uh, too much weight and then catch this shit and end up in ICU. Yeah, yeah, that's not good. Wait, wait, that's bad, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, they say one of the... Okay, the news that you guys are getting is different from the news that we're getting in Japan. Because, like, in the morning, you know, my wife always has, wait a second, which one's right? (laughs) Which one do I believe? (laughs) Wait, I don't know. No, um, yeah, I think the cases are going up here again. And they say, uh... One of the links with severe cases is, you know, being overweight, lack of vitamin D, and some other shit that I can't remember. Oh my god, are you serious? I'm screwed. Yeah, so it's basically oh, god. it's basically a, a killer for somebody who's been staying in their house. <laughs> oh god, yeah. It's a catch-22, man. You really just can't win these days. I swear to God. <laughs> oh, oh God. You know, I kept the weight off for the longest time because I was only drinking gin, right? I got addicted to uh, Hendrix gin. I was at this one bar in my neighborhood, and um, I don't know, for one reason or another, I decided to get a gin and tonic, right? So I got a mm. gin and tonic, and they're like, oh, all we got is Hendrix and Monkey. And I'm like, um, I don't know those kinds. I, I usually drink the Sapphire, I guess. Um, yeah, let's go with Hendrix. I love Jimi Hendrix. So the guy's like, okay. So he poured me a Hendrix uh, gin and tonic. And I was like, whoa, this is a gin and tonic? This is like a completely different drink. This is like a drink from outer space. This is insane. The guy's like, oh, yeah, yeah. It's kind of like high-end kind of stuff or whatever. But you can get it cheap at this store over here in Megro. And I'm like, okay. Went to that store. It's like 35 bucks a bottle. And I went through a bottle in about a week, you know, and then after that, I was like, holy smokes, I think I'm a gin drinker, (laughs) you know. And so pretty much for like the first three or four months of like the whole pandemic in Tokyo, I was drinking about three bottles of gin a month. And I mean, I was trying to drink conservatively, but I mean, you know, (laughs) you've got your good nights and your bad nights. Bad nights means fun night, by the way. But um, anyway, yeah, I, just, I was just going through that stuff so quickly. And I wasn't really putting on weight until I was like, all right, I got to start saving money. So then I went back to cheap old <laughs> beers, right? So I was drinking like Kapoju and stuff. And then all of a sudden I'm like, holy shit, dude, I'm getting weight. Oh, my God. Yeah, dude, beer. That's the bad <laughs> thing. But it's also the good thing. 
Yeah, I had to cut oh, down man. on my alcohol drinking. I mean, I was drinking before the pandemic. I was drinking a lot. Oh, yeah. And uh, I had to cut that shit out mm-hmm. uh, earlier this year. Oh, man. Yeah, no, that's a good thing to do. I'm thinking about doing, you know, everybody did Sober September, right? No, no, Sober October. Right, right, right. And um, my birthday's in October, right? So, and Halloween's in October. So I was like, Sober October? You guys are out of your fucking mind. <laughs> you can't be sober during Halloween. That's insane. So instead, last year I did Sober September, and I lost like 30 pounds, right? Just by not drinking in alcohol. Month? And then last September, oh, dude, I lost so much weight, dude, because I drink like maybe like four or five beers every night, you know, before I go to bed, you know, watching a little YouTube or something wow. just at home or before the pandemic. Oh, yeah, obviously. I mean, dude, it's my podcast, the whole theme of my podcast is two dudes, booze, Japan and the news <laughs> kind of goes with the territory. Right. So anyway, so I was drinking a lot of beer and um, what's my point? Oh, so I stopped drinking beer. But I did it in September. So I did sober September because nothing happens in September. What happens in September? Nothing. So, well, I guess Oktoberfest. But anyway, we're in Japan. (laughs) So um, I I lost a shit ton of weight. And then I was like, this is insane. This is a really good way to cleanse, lose a lot of weight, you know, uh, think more clearly. And you feel better, too. It's it's amazing how good you feel when you stop drinking for at least a week or so. Mm, Debatable. I did that. And then this year. Oh, yeah. Well, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> my mornings are rough, <laughs> but, um, October, like a September kit rolled around this year and during the pandemic and all this and everybody's inside or whatever. I was like, fuck sober September, man. I need a fucking beer. I mean, this is the time to have a couple of beers if not gin. So I did that. And then this is October. And so I'm thinking, you know what? I should probably have one sober month out of the year. So I'm going to do sober November. So come October 31st, I'm going to put the bottle down and then pick up the water and stuff. And um, I don't know, maybe maybe ride my bike more, maybe do yoga or some something like that or whatever. But uh, yeah, sober November, dude. I'm bringing it up. Are you? <laughs> but let's see how long. Are it you goes. one of those people huh? that can just decide something and then like that's it? Like you have a pretty good amount of willpower. Yeah, my willpower is pretty incredible, dude. Fucking, I quit smoking. I was smoking from, um, realistically, when I was in junior high school, eighth grade. So that means I was like, what, 16, 15, 14. 14 years old, I picked up smoking. And um, I became a real smoker when I started driving at 15, 16. And I smoked at least a pack a day until I was like 30-something years old, maybe 31. And then... In my like early 30s, I was like, you know what? Smoking's just not cool anymore. When I was a kid, you know, smoking was kind of like, um, it was like cool. It was a fashionable thing to do. I, everybody did it. All your heroes mm. did it or whatever. But then I was just like, mm. you know what? When you're like older and you're a smoker, you're just a smoker. You're like one of the old guys outside in the cold, fucking smoking a cigarette, you know? And I was just like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to quit. So I quit. And I'm going to say it wasn't easy to quit, but it took me about a good month to quit to like really get over like all the withdrawals and shit. <laughs> and be, and it took me a long time to be able to, get, to sleep again because, dude, when you quit smoking, the urges are the worst when you're laying in bed at night. When you're just laying in bed and you're like trying to get a good night's sleep, all of a sudden, you know, you start sweating, your hands start shaking, your mind starts thinking. I'm just like, oh, my God. <laughs> This shit's really addictive. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> the commercials were true. Yeah, right. The warnings were real. Yeah, right. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, I did that cold turkey. And that was probably one of the toughest things I ever did. I mean, that was more difficult than going to college and shit, dude. Seriously, my college was tough as fuck. But um, 
Yeah. I mean, it was like breaking up with a long-term girlfriend. <laughs> Pretty much. It's like, baby, I'll never see you again. Put on that bud. Yeah, I never got into <laughs> smoking, what, I so. I never got into smoking, so. Mm. Well, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. I Actually, I respect you so much for being able to uh, put the bottle down because you're you're in what? You're in Georgia, North Carolina? Georgia. You're in Georgia? Dude, I got a friend that's, uh, is he in Georgia? He's in Kentucky, so he's down there, right? And um, I grew up in Michigan, up in North and stuff. But the one thing about the South that was really awesome was all the bourbon and whiskey. Yeah. So whenever we drive from Michigan going down to Florida, my dad would always pick up some bourbon and stuff. You know, we go to some kind of like a, a liquor store somewhere along the way. My dad's like, holy shit. Oh my God. You know, so he'd pick up some bottles and stuff. And then when the whole like microbrewery thing like, like kicked off, like maybe 15 years ago, I heard that the South was fucking killing it. Right. It was like, there's like a certain part of like the South that was just making unbelievable beers oregon was making amazing beers michigan was a little late to the game but i guess they're making they're making pretty good beers now and stuff i mean now i guess it's all over the states but uh, i guess like down there and stuff they had just some amazing microbreweries and i'm sure that stuff has just taken off too so i mean living there and being able to not drink has got to be i mean dude you hands off to you i mean your willpower is like 110 well, percent. i don't want to because i, I couldn't wanna do put it. any false ideas out into the world Wait, you're drinking now, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> nah, I definitely oh, cut no. down on drinking. I only drink maybe a few times a month now, as opposed to oh, that's good all day every day. Oh, geez, yeah, oh yeah, I know how that is. So yeah, uh, I cut back a lot, but I don't think I'll ever stop unless I'm forced to. Yeah, yeah, totally, man. I completely agree with that because, I mean, dude, let's be honest. Beer is really <laughs> delicious. <laughs> they say it's an acquired taste. I think I acquired that taste at birth. Yeah. Like you were saying about the uh, the whiskey and the bourbon, that's what pretty much got me started. Mm. I went to school in Tennessee, and uh, yeah? I actually got into bourbon more than whiskey. But, yeah, that those are usually my drinks of choice, or they used to be. When I was in Japan, I was a fucking. Oh wow! Um, the last couple of years, uh, I've been a oolong high drinker, just homemade oolong oh, high. Those are so dangerous! Oh my god, those drinks! Oh boy, yeah, I, I had my run with those, man. Those are so smooth, and they're—I mean—they're so chill, so smooth, and you could just drink them down fast or slow. And they're, especially in the summer, summertime, you could drink yeah. three, four of those and not even notice it. Oh my god! In the summer, the hot, hot summer here in Tokyo, yeah, you could just drink those like water. Boom, 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 boom. They're Basically so refreshing. What I was doing. But yeah, and super dangerous too. Yeah, yeah, you live and you learn. <laughs> Yeah, well, let's try to learn, I guess. I don't know. I'm still I'm still trying to uh, surf that learning curve. It's all good. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's cool. So, yeah, speaking of events and stuff, so when you were here, like, when the, the whole, like, collapse happened, were you still DJing? Because I know a lot of, like, clubs went underground, and a lot of, like, venues started running out side venues just to start to, like, try to make money and stuff. So I had friends, like, Japanese friends on here that were still kind of DJing here and there. But um, I didn't go on to any of those parties until, like, recently, I guess. But were you able to, like, get work or anything? No, actually, <laughs> man, when the new year started, I uh, I kind of went into a personal lockdown. 
and I wasn't really going out that much. I think I only went out like once or twice before I left in 2020. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Yeah, I was uh I was having my own little issues before the pandemic started. Oh, for real? Okay. Well, I, I bumped into you in 2020, so that must have been one of those times. Remember that time it was like in front of like our lounge, our lounge, and uh, what was the name of that club? There's like three clubs in one building in Shibuya, right across the street from Tokyo Hands. Yeah, where it was like Star four o'clock lounge in the morning, and I bumped into where, you and stuff. Whatever it is. Yep. Um, yeah. that might God, have been one of those times. Yeah, I don't really remember, but yeah, it's probably one of those. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I might have uh, played one time. Oh man, this year, like mm-hmm. out. But yeah, I didn't really uh, get out that much. Oh, really? Well, it's a good way to save money, I guess, man. That's my problem. I go out and I do live painting and shit. So I'll paint it like a nightclub. I may paint like a mural or something with black lights or whatever. You know what I do, yeah, right? Yeah, for sure. I've uh, we've done the same okay. events before, especially at um. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Ruby Lounge. Ruby Room. Ah, Ruby, Ruby Room. room. That's right. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah, okay, cool, cool, cool. So I've done it so many times. I've been doing it since 2009. No, 2011. My first time to paint live was in 2011. It was actually three days after the big earthquake, which I got to say, there wasn't a crowd there that (laughs) night. (laughs) Nobody showed up. Oh, my God. It was at Womb, too. But um, anyway, yeah, it's like when I go on and I paint live and stuff, you know, you get paid, you sell a painting or two or whatever. And um, you get money, but then you're at a bar with good music, you're with good people and stuff. And also you're just like, uh, shots for everyone. (laughs) That money just goes through my fingers. (laughs) As they say, easy come, easy go, right? But as long as everybody has a good time, eh, what the hell, right? Yeah, that's why you (laughs) got to get drink tickets and get paid. That's the goal. Oh, the drink tickets. Oh, yeah. But um, I spend those drink tickets as soon as I get them. I'm like, three drink tickets. Could I have one gin and tonic, <laughs> one shot, and, um, hey, you want a drink? And another drink for this guy over here. All right. <laughs> that's how I roll. I think that's how I get booked more, you know? Because the thing is, I get booked, but then I spend a lot of money at the bar, so everybody's happy. And then if somebody gets a painting, they're happy, too. Yeah. <laughs> it's, an, it's an investment. Oh. It is an investment. Book me, faders. Or, uh, faders. <laughs> That's my podcast. Uh, all the people that listen to my podcast, I call them faders, right? Because the show has got faded Japan. So, um, yeah. So, if there's any faders out there, then again, I mean, a fader basically means people that like to drink and hang out yeah. and stuff. So, yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of faders listening to your show. Uh, there's probably a few. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we probably, well, I constitute as a fader. Mega, I'm not, he's uh, been non-fading for a couple years now. Yeah, he hasn't drank in, like, what, three years? Uh, it might be getting to three. I can't really recall. Wow, dude, that's impressive, man. I'm going to say, Tokyo is, like, drinker's paradise. You can drink anywhere mm-hmm. and everywhere, dude. Just just get this. I went to my friend's birthday party uh, last Thursday, right? And um, after his little get-together, we're, like, hanging out at the street, drinking beers in the convenience store. So we're at this convenience store drinking beers and stuff. Then all of a sudden, I had the tinkle. So I go to the convenience store, and I'm like, hey, listen, can I use your bathroom? They're like, oh, no, no, no. Bathroom, no bathroom, coronavirus, blah, 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 oh, blah. Really? I'm like, well, that doesn't make sense, but okay. Well, yeah, 7-Eleven over here in Nakamegro. Weird. But anyway, they're like, oh, the police station down the street, police you can use station. their bathroom. 
And I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, well, that's probably a bad <laughs> idea. No, they get the huge police station here, right? And I've already had like maybe six, seven beers. You know, I've got a can, a, a tall boy in my hand, but I really have to pee, right? So I'm like, okay, all right, uh, whatever. So I walk into the police station. I walk in with a beer in my hand. And and the guys, the guys at the front, they stop what they're doing. They look at me and they're like, okay, we've got trouble. <laughs> so they stand up and I'm like, uh, like, where's the toilet? I'm like, oh, it's right around the corner, but you can't bring your beer past this point. So I'm like, okay. So I start chugging the beer and then I'm like, wait a second. I don't have to drink the whole beer. I can just come back and pick up the beer. Okay. So I put the beer on their table, go back, use the bathroom, come back, pick up my beer, thank them and then leave only in Japan. <laughs> you can't bring the beer past this point. <laughs> There's the drinking zone and the non-drinking zone in the police uh, station. <laughs> Isn't that wow, crazy? <laughs> uh, the way the cultures are different is amazing. No, I know. Yeah, you can never do that in the States. You probably get shot. Like, excuse me, where's the bathroom? Beer! <laughs> uh, I don't want to offend any of the law enforcement people out there listening to your show. But, um, yeah. Yeah, uh, I will never bring a beer into the uh, police station. So if I ever come to the States, don't hunt me down. <laughs> mm. So oh, are there... Oh, by the way, I... What's up? Oh, go for go for it. Now, nah, what were you saying? Oh, no, you go for it. I was just going to talk more about booze. Boring. Well, no, I was just about to ask you, <laughs> are, are there a lot of people out on the streets drinking these days? Oh, yeah, Definitely. <clears throat> um, okay. Uh, the news out here doesn't really talk that much about coronavirus. It's like little blips here and there and stuff. I think more people are talking about it and, um, I guess trying to get news out through Twitter, but I don't follow Japanese Twitter at all. So I don't know. My wife sometimes talks about that kind of stuff, but, um, yeah, it's not really in your face as it is in like American news. I'm not sure about Europe or anything, but every time I turn on ABC News, I would say half of it's politics and the other half is coronavirus. And um, yeah, I'm just kind of sick of both of them, <laughs> both topics. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, politics, oh, coronavirus, <laughs> turn off this TV, sayonara, throw it out the window, I'm done. But um, anyway, uh, which I'm gonna call it, um, in Tokyo itself, people are kind of living life as normal. But once you leave Tokyo, if you go to like Kanagawa, like south of Tokyo or north of Tokyo or east of Tokyo, a lot of those smaller little villages and cities are kind of like ghost towns. Like I had a friend that was visiting uh, a couple of days ago and stuff from Kanagawa and um, we're hanging out in my neighborhood and, and my neighborhood is just, you know, just south of Shibuya. It's not even Shibuya. And he's like, holy shit, there are a lot of people out. This is crazy. And I'm like, yeah, it's kind of normal. And I took him to uh, a Mexican bar, and then I took him to a, a soccer bar, and then we went to some other kind of like a traditional Japanese bar. And he's Japanese. And and he's just like, oh, my God, nobody's wearing masks in any of these places. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, I was, he was, you know, but we were kind of like the odd people out going to a bar and ordering drinks and drinking with a mask on and stuff, you know. But everybody else wasn't drinking or wasn't wearing a mask. and And he was like really floored by that, you know. And so I guess in Tokyo, people are just like, say la vie, you know, whatever happens kind of happens, I guess. And um, I was in Shibuya last week and yeah, it was kind of the same thing. Oh, actually, an interesting thing. I got booked to paint at Club Asia, right? And Club Asia, for all your listeners out there, is like kind of like, it's like one of the top, I would say it's one of the top maybe eight clubs in Tokyo. It's not number one, of course, you know, that's 
the biggest, but I think it's kind of up there, like maybe the top it's eight or so. What club, do you think? And a lot of um, artists pretty perform big. there. Like there are a lot of live events and pretty big artists stop mm -hmm. by and have tours and things. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So anyway, I got books to paint there. Uh, was it two weeks, three weeks ago? It might've been three weeks. God, I don't know. Time's flown so by so, so quickly. So maybe it was like a month ago. <laughs> But recently, I was booked to paint there, and I was super nervous to do it. I was like, oh, my God, I, I'm not sure if I should do this. But then again, I haven't painted in so many months, you know, and I, I had that itch that I really just wanted to go out there and paint because, you know, it's like when you DJ, you know, if you don't DJ for a while, you're just like, God, I got a DJ. I got a DJ. I'll, I'll go to the park. I'll DJ in the park. I don't care. I'll DJ anywhere, man. I just need to fucking play my records, play my tracks, you know, get that energy from the dance yeah. floor, you know, and that's something that you get as a performer. And I don't care what it is. If you're if you're a dancer, if you're a DJ, if you're in a band, if you're a live painter, you're a stand up comedian. Once you get on that stage, and you get all those people up there kind of like supporting you. Hopefully <laughs> you, you get this energy and stuff and it gives you like this rush, you know, and when you finish, you, you made something beautiful. You know, if you, you, you DJed for like an hour, you made a set that able to enjoy and, and you helped their life. You know, you made a lot of people happy and stuff, right? Same thing with painting, you know, you get that that rush, that adrenaline rush, and it's just, it's a great, great experience and feeling and stuff. Especially when I finish a painting, my painting's up there all night long. You know, I got black lights blasting and stuff. It looks yes. super cool, right? For sure. At least I think so. And so I haven't done that. I didn't do, I haven't done that in such a long time where basically when I got booked, my friend's like, listen, we've got Club Asia. It's a techno party. We've got a very famous Japanese like techno DJ. He's going to DJ and stuff. I'm like, how safe is it? He's like, well, everybody's supposed to wear a mask and kind of social distance a little bit. And uh, yeah. And I was like, all right, fuck it. I'll do it. Right. I just I had to do it. And I did it. And God, so amazing. And um, it was it was an incredible experience because I haven't done it in such a long time. But I got to say, man, the place, it wasn't 100 percent full, but I would say it's like 70 percent full. And I had a mask on. I had my um, disinfectant in my pocket that I was pretty much like just dousing my body <laughs> with like every like 30 minutes. <laughs> it's like, oh my God, I don't want to get sick. I don't want to get sick. Oh my God. Oh my God. But um, yeah, it was, it was, I was pretty shocked like about how many people went to that nightclub. And then on my way to Club Asia, I was passing other like little DJ bars and stuff that's up in Dogenzake area. And oh my God, every place is full. And I'm just walking. I'm like, holy shit. Nobody cares. This is crazy. Wait a second. Is there coronavirus in Japan? It, it, is it real? I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's weird, hmm. man. I don't know. Maybe there's something with like the Japanese like climate or Japanese food or something that just makes people, I don't know, it's less infectious or right. something. I don't know. It's crazy, but yeah. Yeah. And you said uh, before that you weren't doing much gigs or paintings. No, well, I was painting a lot in my studio. I mean, I was painting like a painting like every day. I, I think I developed like maybe like 30, 30 like little projects and stuff. I made jackets a lot of actual paintings they painted like a bunch of like boxes and stuff or whatever all my little weird projects so i was doing that but i wasn't painting uh, okay. live and in fact i wasn't even leaving. yeah and i wasn't even leaving my house really until this one time my friend dj kidden he uh, called me up and stuff he's like yo what are you doing this friday and i'm like uh i don't know netflix drinking <laughs> gin uh why <laughs> and he's like dude i'm gonna dj in Sanganjaya." And this is like, this must have been February, March, April, May, maybe May, April or May, I think around there. And um, 
because it was like it wasn't summer yet but it was close to summer so anyway he's like dude i'm djing at a yakitori restaurant in second jaya i'm like what a yakitori restaurant he's like yeah dude all these like promoters and stuff they're going underground like old school style and stuff they're running out restaurants that have been closed for months or whatever and then they're having these little events or whatever they're, like these little pop-up dj events and stuff and I'm, I'm booked to play at one in fact i've been playing quite a bit recently and i'm like you gotta be kidding me he's like dude come on down I'm like, dude, I don't know how how safe it is. And then he's like, he reassured me. He's like, listen, there's not gonna be anybody there. It's gonna be really small. It's just gonna be like a little like yeah, little restaurant with some like party people and kids, whatever. It's gonna be fine. So I'm like, okay. So I went up to which one was Second Jaya, and I was in like the little like um little alleyway part of that city, that little town where they have like the little 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 small yeah, streets. Yeah, and there's like yeah. bars and little like you know what it's I'm like talking little, about that little area. I think it's like the center part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly where it is. So I went to this building and then I went up to like the fifth floor. And then once I went up to the fifth floor, I could hear the music. Right. And I was like, what? And I opened the door and I paid like a 1000 yen, like 10 bucks to get in. And there it was. It was a yakitori restaurant, but everything was all cleared out because I guess they weren't open for like a long time. And there was a DJ booth set up and there's like I would say maybe 12 kids just kind of like dancing, drinking, hanging out and stuff. And they had like a little bar area or something. And I was like, whoa, this is crazy. I met my friend and we're talking. He's like, yeah, dude, a lot of restaurants and a lot of small places are doing this because they haven't been open in a long time. And um, yeah, this is like the new way of parties. And I'm, I'm pretty much DJing like every single week. I was like, what? That was crazy, man. But I think all that stuff finished now because now all the nightclubs are open again. So, but they're open at like 50% capacity. So pretty much, I guess if you do go to Womb or some other club that holds maybe a thousand people, only 500 can go in. <laughs> oh. Not sure if that's good or bad. Probably it's yeah, bad. Probably, but <laughs> but it uh, it's, it's a lot better for people like me who got fucking tired of getting crushed, fucking walking into a Camelot or wherever the fuck end up at three o'clock in the morning. Oh God, yeah, when they're like super packed. Yeah, and you know, if I went to a club that was super packed or whatever, around like in this day and age, I would just turn around, even if I was booked. I mean, well, I don't know. I, it depends. It's like I don't know. I don't know. I say that. I don't know. Yo, um, speaking of doing interviews and things, uh, yeah, have you been? Well, like bands and shit aren't touring, right? Like as far as coming to Japan from somewhere else. Yep, yep, that's true. So have you, uh, I don't know, are you still doing interviews and things like that? Oh, yeah. Actually, we're getting contacted quite a bit by um, a lot of people. And uh, a lot of people just want to do Zoom interviews. And um, let's see, we've interviewed, we had an MMA fighter on the show about three weeks ago. Uh, we had a band that was on the show. And like the MMA fighter was from um, Los Angeles. We had a band from Australia that's on the show that was on the show last week, and they were Theron, this Australian band, fucking incredible band, very mathematical. Like their band is just like, I don't want to say heavy metal because it's kind of like a generic kind of term for like that kind of hard music, but and they probably wouldn't appreciate it. But it's just like, it, it's hard to it's hard to place bands sometimes. It's like hardcore. What, what do you mean mathematical? Like. All right, imagine jazz, like, and I mean jazz, like bebop. Imagine bebop, okay. That's heavy metal, 
and make it twice as fast and a little bit more complicated. And that's this band. It's it's extremely mathematical. Just just Google Theron, T H E R I N. No, T H E R E I N. And um, yeah, it's it's this really hard, heavy music that's just like it's all over the place. It's it's wild. It's like really, really complicated. So I guess I'm the only way that I can kind of explain it is by saying it's mathematical heavy metal. If that makes sense, I don't know. You got to check it out, but it, they're incredible. But yeah, I'll have to peep. So we had them on the T-H-E-R-A-N? there, there in, in all one word. Ah, okay, word. Oh well. Anyway, I met them when they were on tour here about a year ago, and uh, we've got a comedian from Miami that's going to be on the show, and um, okay, I dope. can't say her name yet. But uh, which I'm gonna call it. She's she's kind of big. She's kind of like up there with like Joe Rogan and those guys, Ari Shafir, and so on. So we got her. That's possibly gonna be on the show. We're like ninety percent sure. So oh, I, nice. if I say her name, it might jinx it. So <laughs> I can't say it yet. But has she performed strong. at like Good Heavens before? Oh no 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 no. She's she's um I think like a an American B list stand up comedian. So I don't think she's been to Japan. Okay. But right now, a lot of stand-up comedians want to come to Japan. I think, um, let's see. Uh, let's see. Doug Stanhope came out here. Brooke Kreischer came out here. Yeah, uh, Tom Green her. came out here. Yeah, like a lot of like big guys came out here. I think when Tom Tom Rhodes came out here, and when they returned to the states and went all over like over there, they're talking about Japan, right? So right now, there's kind of like a buzz for like you know comedians to come out to Japan and to perform on here. David Chappelle came out here. That's right. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, um, not everybody performs at Good Heavens, but I think uh, those people, that crew, that uh, group of comedians. That little scene out there has been uh, really good at creating a nice image of uh, stand-up in Tokyo. Oh, I completely agree. Those guys have... I mean, 10 years ago, stand-up comedy in Japan was almost non-existent. But what uh, what those guys have been doing... And they got to come up with like a, a crew name or something, you know, like Death Squad or something, you know. Uh, but I mean... What they've been doing for like the Japanese or for the the stand-up comedy scene in Japan has just been absolutely incredible. I mean, within five years, they've brought over so many big. I mean, David Chappelle, he's the king of comedy, right? He probably doesn't consider himself the king of comedy. He's very like modest. But in my book, I'm like, dude, when it comes to like comedians right now in the world, he's probably number one in my book, right? I mean. Right. Everything he does is absolutely hilarious. Every oh god, dude! Every joke he's had has been incredible. I mean, we're not even going to talk about the David Chappelle show. We're not even going to talk about that. We're just going to talk about his stand up. His stand up is like hands down, unbelievably hilarious. I mean, I love that guy, dude. So yeah, I mean, it's all subjective, but I would say he's, if not number one, he's amongst you know the greatest. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to hear a story about David Chappelle? Sure, man. Almost any time. <laughs> he was supposed to be on my podcast. <clears throat> oh, wow. When he came to Tokyo? When he came to Tokyo, dude. Get this. All right. I already have like a, a lot of like a lot of comedians that have been under my belt on my show, right? We had Tom Green on the show. We had Brooke Kreischer on the show. We've had a lot of Tokyo local guys on the show. Um, yeah, we've had a lot of guys on the show, right? So anyway, 
through a mutual friend, I was able to get in touch with his tour manager in Asia, right? Mm. And his tour manager is like, oh, God, yeah, we'd love the promotion. In fact, you know, David's supposed to come out next month. And um, we've only sold like just a few tickets. We haven't even sold half of the tickets, right? Mm. And I'm like, really? Oh, God, you know, our, our podcast, we have a lot of listeners within Japan. I mean, we got listeners all over the world. So, I mean, we would love to have them on the show. That'd be absolutely fantastic. It'd be great promotion. We could do like a Skype interview or something like that, you know, before he comes to Japan or whatever and build up like a lot of, you know, exposure for it and stuff. And the guy's like, yeah, no problem. It's so great. Oh, thank you so much, whatever. And then about a week later, you know, and of course I've told a couple of people, I jinxed it by telling a couple of people. <laughs> That's what I did. I was like, guys, I couldn't keep my mouth shut. I couldn't keep my mouth shut. You know, Goodfellas, I was like a fucking rat in Goodfellas, dude. I was like Henry Hill. I was like, guys, I'll tell you everything. I'll tell you, I'm spilling the beans. David Chappelle is going to be on Godfit in Japan. You guys have no idea how incredible this is. I mean, once David Chappelle was on the show, I could drop the mic, dude. That means seriously. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, I, I told a couple of people, I jinxed it. And then all of a sudden, I was going back and forth with the, the road manager and stuff. And all of a sudden, the road manager is like, you know what? We just sold all of his tickets within a couple of days. So um, we don't need any more promotion. Thank you very much. And good luck with your little podcast. And then that was it. I was like, little podcast? You son of a bitch. <laughs> I was like, you fucking dick. And then, of course, I had to tell all my friends that I told. I was like, hey, uh, guys, remember when I said um, David Chappelle was going to be on the podcast? Well, um, no, his uh, road manager is kind of a dick. And uh, yeah, <laughs> they sold all their tickets. Oh, my God, oh, dude. That, that was a bummer. I felt like such a dick after that. <laughs> So now it's kind of like a joke, like, so uh, Johnny, who's going to be on your podcast this week? It, it's not going to be David Chappelle, is it? I'm like, no, no, it's not going to be David Chappelle, no. And the thing is, like, the thing was, I didn't even get a fucking ticket because usually when people come on the show, I mean, actually, right. oh, when people get on the show, I always get free tickets, free merch, and stuff like that. Right, right. So I didn't even think about getting a ticket. So guess who went to David Chappelle's show? Every single friend I had, except for me. <laughs> I'm at home just sulking. I'm like, oh, son of a bitch, I'm fucking the manager. And I got his road manager's email. And I was like, maybe I should just give that to the world. It's his private email. Then I was like, nah, that's not professional. That's not professional. I'm not going to fucking do that. So I just delete. I didn't delete it, but I just, you know, I just, it's buried somewhere. But anyway, yeah. It's all good. David Chappelle was supposed to be on the show. Yeah. <laughs> Love David. Don't like his road manager. <laughs> that's why I, I tried to never, whenever we were booking particularly big guests trying not to talk about it um, until they were fucking confirmed and even then like un until they were sitting down in the studio i tried not to spread it around because yeah even then don't say anything because maybe they have to go like oh my wife's giving birth gotta go it's like <laughs> no 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 just five minutes five minutes five minutes <laughs> yeah i remember uh because we had um uh the midnight hour which is uh ali shahid muhammad and adrian <laughs> young on our podcast mm -hmm. and cool cool and I remember we're sitting in, like, you know, one of those uh, fucking Noah studios in Ibisu. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah. And it's already, like, an hour, an hour and a half after they said they're supposed to be there because their radio interview ran long. So I'm just like, oh, these motherfuckers aren't coming. <laughs> these motherfuckers aren't coming. <laughs> just sitting no. there like, fuck, 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 fuck. And, I mean, they, they did roll up, and it was amazing. And got some tickets to their show. But yeah, uh, I've missed out on some interviews also. Fucking Jazzy Jeff, that shit got missed out on. That shit. Was oh, dude, that is epic! Oh god, well maybe next time after the karate he'll come out. 
Yeah, hopefully. Well, you know, uh, those kinds of experiences are disappointing but at the same time you know I, I don't think you missed a lot going to Chappelle show in Tokyo it's probably like a different show than what he normally does I heard he was like I don't know I mean any Dave Chappelle is probably great but I think you want to see like what he his material that he works on instead of him just riffing well I don't know it's it's all probably good so maybe I'm just talking shit no, no, I appreciate it. It's making me feel just a little bit better. But I'm still a little bit edged because the guy's like, your little podcast. I'm like, yeah, that's we've rude got as hell. Of, <laughs> thousands of downloads, man. Fucking, we got people. Dude, do you know how many people listen to us in Finland? <laughs> Finland, motherfucker. Finland faders. <laughs> yeah, dude. Oh, dude. Finnish people drink, man. Fin- uh, Finland, Sweden, Scandinavia. Yeah, those guys up there know how to fucking party, dude. Because, I mean, it's so cold. It's freezing cold up there, so they're like, why not drink cider and beer? Yeah, you know? <laughs> but um, shit, dude, yeah. So anyway, yeah, that's that's my thing with David Chappelle. Love the guy, though. I will never say anything bad about David Chappelle, even if he does something horrific. Even if he's, like, driving a bus full of kids and he drives it <laughs> off of a fucking cliff and it lands on a church and it explodes in a nuclear explosion, I would still say, David Chappelle, nice guy. <laughs> yeah, he, uh, he's, he's got a, a, I don't know. Something beyond the pass. I don't even know what you call it. Oh, God. No, the guy's highly intelligent and very talented. He's been doing stand-up since he was like 13 years old, man. 13 years old. Back in that time, that was like, what, like the mid-80s or something? And he would like, his mom, no, no what, was, what was the story? His mom would drive him to comedy clubs at night. So he's like this, like maybe 13, 14-year-old kid that would get on stage and do comedy in front of like all these like older drunks. They're like, 40 years old, 50 years old. And then there's Rodney Dangerfield and Sam Kinison running around like, oh, what's going on with this kid, whatever. But he's actually funny. I mean, at that time, I guess. I, I could be wrong. I could be wrong. He could have been 16 or something. But I know he's a teenager when he started. He was definitely incredible. young. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Dedicated. Mm, 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 mm. No doubt. Yeah. yeah I, I would um... know more about him if he was on my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I would know all the facts <laughs> if he actually showed up. <laughs> but it's not his fault. It's his manager's fault. Are the comedy shows still running? Do you know? In Tokyo? Right um, now? Well, the international thing is dead in the water. But, um, I mean, international, like, people from other countries coming to Japan. Right. Um, but um, I I think, I, I don't know. I haven't heard anything about it, but I'm sure, I mean, everybody's doing, everybody's done or is done. Everybody's done like zoom. Right. So I'm sure maybe some of them tried to do zoom comedy or something, but that True. doesn't really work. I don't think that applies. True, I mean, so. it's a different atmosphere when you're on a stage and in front of a group of people who are drinking and just want to have a good time and you're sitting in front of a computer. I mean, even for me, like I've been doing podcasts for the last six months, you know, sitting in front of my computer with a microphone in my face. Right. And, you know, it's it's a different animal than actually being in a room and talking to like a bunch of people and stuff. Right. I mean, the flow is so much better. The conversation, I think it's a little bit deeper and stuff. There's just a little bit of magic when you put human beings together. Right. Yeah, when you're definitely. sitting here talking to a computer and stuff, it's a little bit different. You know, I'm, I, I think. Oh, I think when I drink, the the flow comes in a little bit, you know, where you kind of like uh, get into the groove. But I don't know. It's hard to reach it, you know. But anyway, Shogunai, right? It can't be helped. Hmm. <laughs> We're in this mess for a while. 
<laughs> I mean, at least we have this. I mean, shit, dude, if we didn't, could you imagine a hundred years ago when they had the Spanish influenza or the Spanish flu and everybody had to stay at home with nothing except for candles and the Bible? <laughs> dude, that would have sucked. That would have sucked. Could you imagine? Oh, Ezekiel, what are we going to do tonight? You want to get baited? No, we've got one candle in the Bible. <laughs> dude. Oh, my God. You know, I, I, I'm really curious how the population fluctuated. I'm, I'm sure a lot of people died, but a lot of other people are just like, oh, let's make babies. There's nothing else to do. We've already read the Bible six times. <laughs> I mean, seriously. Oh, Come on, children. Shit. What are we going to do? Oh, my Thank God. God we've got the Internet and Netflix. Thank God we've got the Internet. Holy fuck. Oh, totally, man. I mean, oh, fuck. dude, Netflix has an infinite amount of movies and dramas and TV shows to watch. And I think I've seen half of them. <laughs> oh, man, they man, their business model or <laughs> fuck, man, they really fucking lucked out with how they totally. were doing the shit. Movie theaters fucking going out of business. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, they were already kind of going out of business about a year ago. I True. mean, Tokyo, every movie every movie theater was trying to put in that uh, 4D kind of stuff, which kind of yeah, sucks. Yeah, shit sucks. Oh, yeah, it sucks. Yeah. Dude, I saw a porno in 4D, and that was the worst <laughs> experience ever, dude. Fucking, I walked out of that place with whiplash. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> nah, I'm joking. Oh, man. <laughs> Could you imagine... I can't imagine. This television sucks. Oh man. <laughs> uh, it's like oh, at um, Universal Studios where the Muppets pop out the screen and shoot bubbles in your face, except it's a bitch that looks like Miss Piggy. Oh man. Well it depends on which porn you watch. I mean, some <laughs> of them get pretty hardcore, dude. I, I would completely avoid anything German if you know what I mean. Yeah. Fair <laughs> enough. Uh, yeah, but uh, in re reality, though, that every like movie theater tried to do that four D thing, and I, I think that kind of fell thin because four D is just like, all right, you want to sit down and enjoy a movie, you don't want to shake and have like air blow in your face and get nah, these man, weird I smells. I don't, I don't even like three D. So, uh, just let me watch the fucking movie. Yeah, yeah, three D. Yeah. I've seen a couple of movies in 3D that were actually kind of cool, but moreover, you're right. It's just, it's kind of a gimmick. You're just like, okay, cool. You know, eh, it's, it was all right. Maybe it's because I like to wear glasses, and then if I want to watch a 3D movie, I got to bring my contacts, and it's a whole thing. Oh, shit, that's right. Yeah, that that sucks. You know, if you're wearing, if you wear glasses, and a lot of people in Japan wear glasses, so, I mean... They don't make them 3D goggles, the 3D glasses. They should have an option where you can have 3D glasses and 3D goggles. I'm telling right? you, man. Inconsiderate. It's ableist. That's what it is. That's what it is. Hey, man, I'm left-handed. I know all about that. <laughs> I've never, my whole entire life, I've had problems opening doors, okay? <laughs> oh, Even shit. a microwave. I've never thought about that. Oh, fuck. If I get confused. Oh, Oh shit! You're breaking up again. It's up. Am I really? Uh oh. Hello. <clears throat> Hello. Okay, I'm still here. Back. Okay, good. Oh, <laughs> I'm back. <laughs> Sorry, my internet is uh, my internet is right-handed only. <laughs> oh no, really? <laughs> That's another thing, man. 
keyboards. The mouse is on the right. The return button's on the right. 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 The, the only button that's on the left is escape. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the button I want to push all the time. I escape. Get me the fuck out of here. This right-handed piece of shit. <laughs> oh, man. Well, but yeah, Johnny, have any mm-hmm. of the places that you used to paint live at or any uh, live houses or places you did gigs at a lot closed down and maybe aren't coming back? Um, Right now, from what I understand, every club is standing. Everybody is like still alive, but they're on life support, apparently. Um, But I think right now every club is pretty much open. So they are making money. And <clears throat> Right now, I don't know if every club operates like this, but I know a lot of clubs are pretty much like they're letting anybody and everybody throw an event at their venue. They're like, listen, just bring people in and make sure they drink, please. Mm. So I think you can get if you want if you wanted to book like, um, let's say, a large club or a mid-sized club or even a small club. If you wanted to do that right now is pretty much the time. And it's kind of like a good way. Like, all right, let's just say. You want to start throwing events, but you don't really know how to do it. You don't know how to promote. You don't know, like, the logistics and all that stuff. You know, right now is, like, the time to do it because clubs are just letting people do anything they want. Right. right. They're, like, just bring people in. It's all good. So if you really wanted to start, like, an event and then maybe, like, take the event to the next level, maybe in a year or two or something, now's the time to kind of, you know, cut your teeth on it. So <clears throat> that's what I'd recommend because every club, at least in Shibuya, or that I know of, is open. But... Um, not doing too well. Wait, now, one club that I know that did close was Gamuso, which is in the west side of Tokyo. But that place closed because of other reasons, and they closed right before the pandemic. Mm. Dude, talk about dodging a motherfucking bullet, dude. Because if they're, <laughs> they're, they were open right now, they'd be like, oh, my God, I knew we should have closed one month ago. Oh, my right. God. <laughs> but they closed. They cashed out. I think they cashed out. and They made big. Oh, big okay. bank. Good for them. So, I mean, oh, yeah, insurance and all that other stuff, whatever. Yeah. So, and I think with their uh, contracts with their manager, like the person that actually owns the building, I think somehow like uh, they got reimbursed for a lot of other things or whatever. So pretty much, I mean, they made out like bandits. And then like the next week, the pandemic hit. So, yeah, technically they closed during the pandemic, but, you know, it was already in the cards and um, it wasn't like a negative thing. I do know of a couple of restaurants that closed down, but they're like... It was a Bangladesh restaurant in Shinokubo and um, another cafe that's like a friends of a friend's cafe. But that's about it. I think everything's just like kind of surviving. Word. Do you think the lack of tourists is affecting things a lot? Oh, 100%. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Because, I mean, as you know, like a year ago, the tourists, I mean, the tourists... It was an incredible industry here in Japan. Now, I've been in Japan for 18, almost nine. Oh, God damn it. Okay. In November, November 4th, I would have been, I'll be in Japan for 19 years. Okay. Wow. I didn't know so, you been there. Yeah, no. I know. Oh, yeah, totally. Actually, I first came to Japan in 1998 and I was here for a while. Then I came back in 1999 and so on. And I moved here in 2002. Now, back then there was like no tourists and everything was in Japanese. You want to go to a ramen restaurant? Uh, you're just pointing. <laughs> mm. I want this with this and this and this. Now everything's in English, right? And with everything being in English and with the, the pethra of tourists that have come to Japan, dude, every restaurant, every little shop, every pretty much if you have anything in Hedajuku, you've made a shit ton of cash in the last 10 years. Shit tons of cash. I mean, shit. 
I remember walking down Senta Guy with a couple of friends and stuff that were Japanese. We're walking. It was my friend Taka. My friend Taka goes, you know what? I don't hear anybody speaking Japanese. And I'm like, what are you talking? And I looked around and it's just hundreds of tourists and everybody's speaking English, Spanish, French, whatever. And I was like, holy shit, you're right. Mm. Oh my God, this is incredible. So the thing is, it's just all these businesses everywhere were making so much money. And now it's just like now they're back to normal, like 20 years ago and stuff, which I mean, isn't bad. But I mean, once you're used to making a shit ton of cash from tourists, dude, it's hard to go back to like making like not as much cash, you know? Right. The hotel industry, I'm sure, has probably hit the worst. Word. Yeah, that's probably true. Yeah. No, actually, uh, my wife, it was her uh, 35th birthday a couple of months ago. And we decided to do Shout something to nice. Now, yeah, shut up. What's up? She's older. <laughs> I told her. I was like, listen, when you reach 36 and we're going to have to get a divorce because that's just too old for me. <laughs> She's like, you son of a bitch. We're getting a divorce now. <laughs> no, I'm joking. But we couldn't travel this year for like at all, right? And um, we like to get out of Tokyo every three months because, you know, Tokyo is such a busy, stressful city. Every three months, you just kind of got to get out. You know, you got to go into the countryside, you know, maybe just leave Japan, go to Thailand or something, go back to the States, whatever. Yeah, no doubt. But this year we haven't, you got to get out. You got to get out. Tokyo is just too stressful. The trains enough could drive you crazy. But the thing is, we couldn't get out, right? So anyway, I wanted to have kind of like a vacation for my wife within the city. So I decided to go to Odaiba and get a room at the Hilton, right? Now I've never stayed at the Hilton because the Hilton is super fucking expensive as we all know. But right now, all the hotels everywhere are so fucking cheap. They're so incredibly cheap, right? Hmm. So I was able to get a room at the Hilton on like, um, what was it the ninth floor with this beautiful view of like, like, like Tokyo. And oh my God, we got it for like, was it 200 bucks? Which still is that's still quite a bit of money, but still compared to like how Hilton. it normally costs. Yeah, yeah, sure. it was insane. And then I think we made our money back because they have an open bar. If you get a room at oh, the Hilton shit. from like six o'clock until nine o'clock, they get an open bar. And from six o'clock to nine o'clock, I think I drank maybe a thousand dollars worth of booze. <laughs> I made money, man. <laughs> I made my money back. Oh my god, it's like the best thing. But anyway, that's great. So, yeah. But the crazy thing is when we went to the Hilton, of course, they're really nice to you, but there was nobody there. Nobody there. I got a picture at night after we're drinking. We went for this like romantic walk around like the river or the water and stuff uh, by the piers, you know, where the Statue of Liberty thing is. And we were right, right around there. And then you looked over and the Hilton's a huge building. And we looked back at it and the Hilton, the ninth floor where we're at was the only floor that was open. Right. So you saw the ninth floor. And there's like four lights on on that floor. For the whole fucking building, there's no lights on anywhere except for the penthouses. They're the top, top, top floors, right? So there's the top two floors. There's lights on there, which meant the whole hotel was completely empty. And it was completely empty. The whole place is a ghost town. When we're drinking at, like, you know, this bar area, which is kind of big, there's, like, us. And there's, like, maybe a table with two people. And then a table over there with, like, a little family. And that was it, dude. And then breakfast, the continental breakfast in the morning. The whole place is pretty much empty, dude. We had the whole place to ourselves, which was completely awesome. It was a dream come true. My wife had a wonderful time. However, you got to feel bad because if the Hilton is that fucked, all the other smaller hotels are really messed up, especially the mom and pop hotels. Mm. Oh, God, yeah. They they got to be in big trouble, Yeah, sadly. Man. 
Like it, uh, but I guess it's like that all over the world, though. I mean, you know, I, we're talking about Tokyo, but we could apply this conversation to New York, to Boston, to Miami, to to any place really. Paris, London. I'm sure every place is pretty much in the same boat, if not worse. So yeah, yeah. Like you were saying, how uh, Tokyo is pretty much normal, but you go outside of Tokyo, just you know, south of Kanagawa or east, west, north, whatever, and it's different. I wonder how those little places because you know tokyo's fucking completely different world to anywhere else in the world and even to other parts of japan like having no foreign visitors or not even a lot of travelers coming to you know those <laughs> little ryokans or yep. the traditional um i don't know shrines or the ceremonies that happen that people would come yep. from all around the world to see. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. No, it's going to be interesting starting... to see how this all turns out. Yeah. No, it's true. Yeah. I, I wonder what the world's going to be like in the, the next year, like 12 months from now. Uh, hopefully better. <laughs> you think <laughs> but, the Olympics um, are going down? I'm pretty sure the Olympics are going down. Um, I think it's pretty much all or nothing at this point. Um I think I think pretty much the Olympics will happen in Japan probably next August, but I think it's just going to be like how everything is right now. Like, um, for example, you're going to have like maybe the wrestlers wrestling, but there's going to be no audience. You're going to have the gymnastics doing stuff, but the only people that are going to be there is maybe a couple of photographers. I think there's going to be very few people that are going to be actually be able to uh, partake and enjoy the Olympics unless they're watching TV or some I don't know, app or something or, or whatever. But <clears throat> I think uh, the Olympics will happen because I think they need to at this point. But um, regarding like the, the revenue that Japan thought they're going to bring in, it's definitely not going to be as high, unfortunately. And that's kind of messed up because, I mean, when a country or even a, run a city hosts the Olympics, they go balls to the wall and they spend a lot of money for yeah. for, I mean, just the Olympics, just for everything. The Olympics are super expensive, you know, so... I don't know. I Hopefully we recover. You know, hopefully we're not hit that hard. Because the thing is, if you predict to make like a certain amount of money for the because of the Olympics or because of an event, and then you don't make any of that, you got to get that money somewhere. So I think they might just raise taxes, like the sales tax might go up like maybe like three, four, five percent or something. Or I don't know. I have no idea what's going to happen. But um, yeah, it's it's an interesting situation. I mean, this hasn't happened. And like, since like what world war ii or something basically was it world war ii they didn't have the olympics or the olympics got canceled was that the last time that happened something somewhere around there i forget where it was it wasn't germany because they had those but it was one of those yeah around one of the world wars yeah that's true so anyway yeah so uh, this is a crazy situation i think i think what they should just do is they should just postpone all the olympics you know not have it go on for like the next foreseeable future until you know this whole pandemic bullshit's crushed right once we get a vaccine or a cure or whatever then after that and everybody's like you know i mean able to like get together and like hang out you know and shake hands or whatever once that happens, then the Olympics should come back to Tokyo where you can have like a real Olympics, you know, right. having kind of like a shotgun Olympics for like where they just throw it together and have no audience. Dude, that's not fair. That's not fair for like the athletes. That's not fair for the, the people who actually want to be a participant, you know, like it was like Japan spent so many much so much money on like just 
uh, translators. There's like what 200 translators that's just like that were gonna help all the athletes and help all the the media and stuff like that or whatever. All those people are screwed, you know. So everybody's screwed, actually. So yeah, I think they should just postpone it till there's a cure and then move forward and have it be business as usual. And besides, that'd be a lot more fun for everybody, right? Yeah, I mean, I can see the other side of trying to get back to normal as soon as possible. But yeah, I think even if they try to have it next year, it definitely wouldn't be that full-fledged Olympic-type spirit that you... I mean, and you really want that olympic spirit i think people are gonna want that after this pandemic shit is through and if it's like half-assed or like a shotgun one like you said it's it's like uh what's the point yeah totally <clears throat> but I mean, it, seriously it might be a good image to be like oh you know we're back you know i don't know we'll, yeah. we'll see what happens we'll see what happens yeah but i'm most likely they're gonna have the olympics in august I don't know. We'll see what happens. But maybe, hey, dude, maybe there's a cure by August. Maybe there's a vaccine. And then we can all get together and be like, whoa, made it just in the nick of time. Hell yeah, Japan. Fucking hopefully. <laughs> you got to come back, man. You got to come back. Oh, yeah, for sure. If the Olympics are going on, I'll definitely be back. If I'm allowed back in. <laughs> yeah. Who knows? America oh, might. Man. I don't know. We might all be zombies here in America by then. <laughs> well, I don't know, man. Americans, you guys can only travel to Puerto Rico, right? I have no fucking clue what's going on here. No clue? No <laughs> I barely have idea. a clue myself. Oh, man. Like I said, dude, I turn on the news. I see politics and COVID, and I'm like, enough is enough. This TV is going off for today unless it's Netflix or YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, all right, man. I think, oh, man. Uh, I think we can wrap it up now. Dude, dude, man, late. Thank you so much for having me on, dude. Actually, you know what? I don't even care about the podcast. It's just great talking to you, man. I haven't talked to you in so long, man. And having our conversations like this, actually, it's kind of early in the morning for me. So I'm drinking coffee. I'm on my fourth cup, <laughs> uh, believe it or not. I haven't hit the I haven't hit the good stuff yet. So uh, I've got actually a bottle of gin right there <laughs> that I'm going to tap later. So, uh, yeah, it's been a very caffeinated time. No, man. But I've enjoyed every minute of it. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, I don't know if that got thank you uh, actually <clears throat> I say this is for the podcast but it's mostly just for me you know it's good to oh that's awesome man it's so great to hear dude I really appreciate it because... yeah totally man well I'll tell you what you take care out there and I'm gonna go back to the states eventually I got a sister that lives in the south I'm gonna go down there pick her up drive her up north to Michigan and stuff Hit a couple of places along the way, and if I can, I'm gonna stop by. You'll have a. I hope you have a nice sofa because you're gonna have like a little uh, house guest for 24 hours. <laughs> you got the bourbon, I got the beer. Let's party. Hey man, <laughs> let's uh let's do it. If uh if you don't bring nothing into the house with you, we can get it popping. Oh no no no! <laughs> I've got a case full of beer and a case for a COVID, dude. Let's oh, yeah. party! No. Bring bring the liquor. <laughs> <laughs> keeping the, the airborne the shit outside <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna have to party outside man i got a little <laughs> bit of a peg cold <laughs> all right dude you take care man have a good one thank you cheers man thank you johnny talk to you uh right. soonish definitely oh shit wait can i plug my podcast real quick oh for sure plug anything Oh, geez. Yeah. Um, for all you guys out there that want to hear more of my crazy voice. Uh, yeah, I've got a podcast called Got 
faded Japan. Basically, our theme is two dudes, booze, Japan, the news. Me and my co-host, we get together, we drink, we talk about the news and current events and weird things that are happening in Japan. We mostly focus on the subculture of Japan, you know, kind of like weird bars, clubs, and just all sorts of other mayhem and mischief or whatever. But if you want to check that out, definitely like uh, give us a listen. And if not, I'll probably be back here soon enough. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Thanks a lot, Johnny. All right, man. Take care. Bye-bye. You too, man. Peace. And that's the show.